Good day, everybody, and welcome back to the House of Mario. This encore, we're celebrating Pokemon's 25th year anniversary with a little ranking of my top 25 favorite Pokemon throughout the entire series. Really looking forward to getting into this and diving into some of my favorite Pokemon, some of the memories I have associated with them, and, you know, some of them, I like them just because they look cool. Like, that's where it comes down to, but a lot of them... Man, there's some heavy nostalgia with a lot of them, and I'm looking forward to getting into talking all about that. So, if you enjoy the episode, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you don't, well, that's cool too. I appreciate you listening, so let's, uh, let's dive into it. But the start of things, I've got a little wooden spoon event going on. I've got my four Pokemon that I really don't like, and I'm going to get this out of the way fairly quickly. Because, honestly, going through the whole National Dex, these are the only four Pokemon. I had that feeling in my heart where I'm like, you know what? I really don't like you. I really don't like these Pokemon. So, the first one in, a, I guess, Pokedex order is the evolution introduced in Generation 4 to Lickitung, who is Licky Licky. Licky Licky is just, uh, he's just dumb looking. I know that necessarily like, Lickitung isn't the most, like, coolest looking generation one Pokemon. Honestly, he's probably the most forgotten generation one Pokemon, but Licky Licky just doesn't do it for me. Like all of the evolutions introduced to like, uh, I guess, Rhydon being Rhyperia, you had Togekiss, you had Porygon Z, you had a, you had uh, some great evolutions introduced in there, but Licky Licky, not so much. Um, even stats wise, it wasn't really worth the evolution, but you know, maybe we'll get a Mega Revolution or a Gigantamax form or even another evolution one day. Who knows? Regardless, you know, it uh, it's one of the four Pokemon I dislike the most, unfortunately. Moving on is uh, one of the starters in Generation 5. And uh, when I first saw Tepig, really liked him. I thought it would be an absolutely wonderful addition. Really looked forward to what it would evolve into. Then evolving into Pignite, then Embor, which... Uh, don't like much at all to be to be all honest with you. It's just uh, just sucks. And there's a bit of a backstory to that. So in Generation Three, there was Blaziken, who was a fire fighting type, and Blaziken was awesome. Absolutely loved using it. His signature move, Blaze Kick, was a lot of fun to use. Really strong. And uh, into Generation Four, we got another fire fighting type, which was kind of weird. It's like you're doubling down on like a pretty similar looking Pokemon. You had Infernape who just pretty much filled the same role. Firefighting type, uh, very strong offensively, not so much defensively and did kind of the same thing, just it was a monkey. And Infernape is really cool. I love Infernape, but it's kind of like, oh, why was there another firefighting type? Regardless, moving on to the next generation, they did it again. Another firefighting type, bit differently designed, obviously a bit more bulky, uh, sort of more defensive typed Pokemon. And based off sort of the Japanese warrior type of aesthetic, you know, I can see why people would like it. But I just, at the time, I was like, you got to be kidding. I was so over it. Like, why would you do another firefighting type? Relatively, when the other types were getting so so diverse. Like, you had Skeptile, um, then Torterra uh, going on to Servine. Um, it's just, there was very different Pokemon in the, in the grass line. But the fire types are exactly the same. So, pretty disappointing. And uh, I guess uh, with some more Generation 5 Pokemon, we've got Squawk and Throw. To me, they're kind of the same Pokemon, but they're, they're like a duo. They're sort of a counterpart to 
Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee in the first generation of the Pokemon series, and it's just... They just, in my opinion, they're playing awful. I don't think many people like them, but if you're out there and if you love any of these four Pokemon, that's fine. I'm happy. I love you. Uh, please, please uh, don't take my opinion too seriously. But man, these Pokemon suck. Like, just using them, they're boring. Aesthetically, they look pretty silly. The idea of them actually having their own, I guess, their karate suits. Sorry, I don't know the correct t- terminology. My partner would actually kill me. She's... um a black belt in Taekwondo, I probably should know. But yeah, really not a fan of them. I wasn't a fan then, and I haven't really come around on them at all. I've come around a little bit on Embor, but Squawk and Throw, no. But uh, what really rubs it in about Squawk as well, on uh, Pokemon Go especially, uh, there's a Squawk that actually literally stalks me at my house. Literally, it won't go away. The other day, it was at my house, I was looking at it. I'm like, I don't want to catch you. I don't want to waste any balls. I'm trying to save up for a couple of events that are coming out at the end of the month. Saving my Pokeballs. But this goddamn Squawk would not leave me alone. It was literally here all day. Didn't catch it. I'm like, go away. I want something else to spawn here. So even Pokemon Go, 10 years later, is rubbing it in my face. But I really do not like these things. But regardless... Jesus, I can't stand the goddamn things. But luckily, they're Pokemon, and I can. Uh, there's a, another 800 and so Pokemon that I can enjoy. So it doesn't matter too much. The days of 150 Pokemon are well behind us. We've got plenty of Pokemon to choose from. Speaking of which, I've got some honorable mentions here. So uh, I'm going to go through these in Pokedex order. These are not ordered. So Ivasaur, Squirtle, pretty obvious, Generation 1 starters. I choose. Ivasaur over, uh, I guess, a Bulbasaur or a Venusaur, uh, just because I think its design is still cute like Bulbasaur and you know, like cool and menacing, I guess, like Venusaur. A bit of a combination and sort of uh, using them in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and that uh, sort of gave me a bit more love for the character. Same as Squirtle. I, uh, I remember when I was a kid, I absolutely loved Squirtle. Not as much as Charmander, but we'll get into that. I actually had a pet sheep that I named <laughs> Squirtle. And... Uh, don't know, why would you have a pet sheep named Squirtle? But I like Squirtle. I had a sheep, so I called it. <laughs> so I called it Squirtle. Uh, Pidgeot, absolutely love Pidgeot. I always had one on my uh, Generation 1 games. Nicknamed it Ace all the time. I thought that was a cool name for a Pidgeot. Uh, Eevee, really cool Pokemon. Uh, can change into many different types of uh, Pokemon. But my favorite Eevee evolution would be Vaporeon. Vaporeon always evolved my Vaporeon. No, my Eevee, sorry, into a Vaporeon, really cool Pokemon. Uh, I feel like it's one of the strongest ones, especially out of the f- original set. Uh, Flareon wasn't very strong. It's a cool, uh, cute uh, Pokemon, but I never really enjoyed Flareon that much just because of its uh, its move set was pretty unfortunate for that type of Pokemon. And uh, Jolteon's really cool, but Vaporeon just takes it for me. Uh, Gengar, what can I say about Gengar? Gengar is awesome, awesome type Pokemon. Snorlax. Uh, the Pokemon episode, episode uh, original episode of the anime, which featured Snorlax, and they had to uh, Ash and Misty and Brock had to get him out the way. Uh, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, that's an episode that's really stuck in my mind. Zapdos, one of my favorite legendary birds. Uh, Generation one games, I always seem to have a Zapdos, um, especially when I was a kid, because that's the easy option having a legendary. Mewtwo, really, really cool Pokemon. 
Mag- Meganium. I loved Meganium. It would have been one of my favorite Pokemon, but I, <laughs> I remember playing through Heart Gold Soul Silver when it first came out. And I chose Chikorita. I loved Chikorita. But later on in the game, like just Meganium stats, like for those that don't know, pretty much Meganium stats, they're all equal. It's a very, I guess, well-rounded Pokemon. But it basically made it just uh, the master of nothing, really. It wasn't good defensively. It wasn't good at attack. It wasn't that fast. So it's kind of, it kind of sucked on my team compared to everything else, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> uh, Totodile. Uh, I've, I've become more of a fan over, of Totodile over time. Just, whoops, just love its absolute, like, jolly nature. It's awesome. Uh, Crobat, just a, another really cool Pokemon. I used it on my team to, dra- uh, to track down roaming Pokemon with Mean Look, and it was just an absolutely fantastic Pokemon doing that. A Sudowoodo was actually one of my favorite Pokemon when I was a kid. Uh, believe it or not. It's just uh, it's such a weird Pokemon and I absolutely love it. And the other day in Pokemon Go, I actually found a shiny just randomly. He wasn't actually looking for it or anything, but came across it. And man, really happy about that. Uh, the ne- next one is Kingdra, which is uh, just, I've got a lot of cool Pokemon. That's how I describe them. He's a cool Pokemon. But uh, my main memory of Kingdra is uh, having it in Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. And uh, this is the probably the game where I really looked into getting a competitive team together. And I had a fo- had it with Focus Energy. I had a, the ability Sniper. And uh, I had had the item, the um, uh, it's except my mind right now, but it's an item that uh, enhances critical hits as well. So I had a very good chance of getting critical hits. And that was basically my strategy. Just trying to land critical hits with this thing and overcome stat changes. So uh, it definitely sort of stands out to me as a Pokemon that was in my first competitive team. And uh, while I didn't do anything really with that competitive team, I did roll my friends a lot. <laughs> uh, ho just a really majestic Pokemon that is uh, one of my favorites. It's uh, I feel like I'm in a very small camp where I prefer ho over Lugia. Lugia's got a lot of popularity because of the movie Pokemon 2000, I feel. And like Lugia is a really cool Pokemon. But it's also one of my shiny, favorite shiny Pokemon, ho so I really want that one day. I've actually got a shiny Lugia, believe it or not. I uh, in uh, Alpha Sapphire, uh, there was you had access to Lugia and not Holo, so I was able to shiny hunt <laughs> Lugia. But I really want a Holo. I'm actually doing a quest in Pokemon Go at the moment, trying to un- unlock a Holo. So there might be that chance of getting the Holo once I've completed that in a couple of days. Hopefully, I'm all good to go. So we're moving into the Hoenn region now. We're through the first couple of generations. And number one is the starter Pokemon, and that is Mudkip. Mudkip was my first ever starter I've ever started with. So my first Pokemon game was Pokemon Sapphire, and I started with Mudkip. And Mudkip is a phenomenal Pokemon. So cute. It's strong. Uh, Its evolutions are awesome as well, evolving in the Swampert. And Swampert's typing is amazing, being a water ground type being immune to electric types, being very weak to a uh, grass types, but you know, you get some, you get some downsides to uh, some pros, I guess. A Pokemon I talked a little bit about before was Blaziken. Blaziken is just, it just oozes coolness. Honestly, it is awesome. Uh, Zigzagoon, always had a Zigzagoon on, in my party for the ability pickup. So I picked it up random items and I always called it Ziggy, Ziggy the Zigzagoon. Um, really cool, really cute Pokemon. I love its Galarian form as well, uh, being that uh, normal dark type, really cool. 
Atropius, another cool Pokemon. Basically a fruit-bearing dinosaur that can fly. Like, it's not very good stat-wise, but just design-wise, it's cool. It's cute. Uh, it's a really cool Pokemon. I never really used it, but I did use it on my first playthrough and I didn't do too much. I sort of just had it in the back just as my flyer, but a great Pokemon design. Actually, I want to play through the Hoenn games again. I have a Tropius on there. I don't care if it's not that good. I just want to use it. Next up is Torkoal. Torkoal is just a, a really nice Pokemon. It's a, it's strong. It's slow. It's good defensively though. And, uh, even in the metagame and Pokemon Sword and Shield, it's absolutely kicking ass at the moment. Uh, really nice Pokemon. Uh, Flygon, pretty obvious. Why? Uh, another quote-unquote cool Pokemon. Uh, really nice out of Oz from Trapinch, a little little ground ant. Falls into, into Vibrava, then into Flygon. But uh, it might be outshadowed a bit by, well, to most people, by uh, Salamence. Salamence is also on here. Just, uh, I reckon, the coolest dragon Pokemon up until now, there was only a Dragon Knight really as a, you know, a a main pseudo-legendary dragon Pokemon. And I think Salamence just kind of destroys Dragonite. Dragonite's, Dragonite's fine, but Salamence is is where it's at as far as those two go. Uh, Latios, Latios is one of my favorite Pokemon. Probably out of the honorable mentions, Latios is at the top, honestly. Uh, just a tremendous Pokemon um, with a tremendous amount of heart. I feel like if you've watched Pokemon Heroes, the movie, uh, those two Eon Pokemon are really, really special and uh, one of the most excited I've been for getting a shiny Pokemon. Uh, one of the hardest shiny hunts I've ever had as well in Pokemon Omega Ruby. Uh, no, it was Alpha, it was Alpha Sapphire. Um, it took me a long time. It took hundreds and hundreds of soft resets. When I finally got it, I was so ecstatic. But... There's a big but here. Uh, if you're into natures, you'll know that uh, you don't want your Latios with an adamant nature because its uh, special attack will be down and its attack will be up. That's the complete opposite to what you want. And uh, I got it with an adamant nature. Luckily, I can move it into Pokemon Home now and use a Mint in the new Pokemon games. But uh, at the time, I was like, you got to be kidding. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I would have loved a competitive uh, shiny Latios, but it was not to be, unfortunately. Uh, moving into Generation 4, Torterra, really cool Pokemon. Uh, it was my first starter Pokemon in Generation 4, uh, and I think it's uh, definitely one of the coolest. Uh, Giratina, really cool Pokemon, uh, especially its uh, origin form where it's uh, in the distortion world. Excellent, excellent Pokemon. Uh, and that's, that's the only Generation 4 Pokemon. In the honorable mentions anyway, there's some in my top 25. But Moving on to Generation 5, Samurott, really cool uh, my first, uh, it actually wasn't, actually it wasn't my first starter Pokemon. It was my second starter Pokemon in the, uh, Unova region. Okay. Yeah. I started off with, uh, Snivy, but I didn't, I honestly didn't really gel that much with them. I, yeah, it's the one that appealed to me at first, but then, uh, Oshawott, I remember Oshawott, uh, the design of it at first, I was like, this thing looks so dumb, <laughs> but it grew on me so much. And it's definitely my favorite out of the three. Definitely. Uh, Zeb Striker, really cool. It's basically a take on, uh, I guess, Rapidash from the first generation, but instead of a horse, it's a zebra and it's electric type, but uh, just uh, a really excellent looking Pokemon. Very well designed. Unfortunately, its stats don't hold up as much, but uh, what are you going to do? Uh, next up, Galvantula, an electric bug Pokemon. The first electric bug Pokemon, I believe. And so it's basically based off a tra uh, Tarantula <laughs> hence the name, uh, but it's just, it's really cute. It's really cool looking. 
Um, I'm glad that they didn't give it eight eyes. It's got like the two main eyes, and it's got like four eyes on the front of it. So it doesn't look like a horrifying bug. <laughs> but I've, I always have one on my team. They're fantastic Pokemon. And like, honestly, some of my favorite Pokemon ever since. Um, so moving into Generation 5, there is a... Ooh, what are we looking at here? Oh, I'm, I'm just looking at the picture here. I've completely forgotten its name. It's escaped... Uh, completely escaped my mind. Oh, my God. This is... In Generation 5, this is where my knowledge gets really bad, off by heart. When I was a kid, all of this knowledge was... I was just like an encyclopedia. But then it's just uh, disappeared. <laughs> disappeared from my head. Ooh. Completely forgot it. It starts with a G. I'm going to have to look this up, everybody. I'm going to have to look it up. That's embarrassing. Live on air, got to look up this Pokemon because uh, I completely forgot its name. It's in Super Smash Brothers, and I play it all the time. Just my brain has completely farted on me. Because I've got Giratina on the mind, because I, I was just talking about Giratina with a G. Uh, just completely forgot it. Well, this is annoying. See, I never, I never said I was... Uh, such a, a knowledge base of Pokemon, you know. But this is this is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's where we are. So Pokemon X, X and Y. Because th there was a point where I did not really enjoy the... um, Not really enjoy, but... So what we got here? Oh, Greninja. Okay, that took a long time. I That was just completely gone from my mind. I'm sorry for that <laughs> waste of time there. But Greninja... And he's supposedly one of my favorite Pokemon in this game. He's an honorable mention, and I forgot its name. But uh, what are you, you going to do? So Greninja, I uh, originally started off with uh, uh, Fennekin in the game. And uh, Delphox, it's okay. It's like a, you know, it's like a witch, witch fox, and it looks kind of silly. They could have done way more. I think uh, breaks in the middle evolution for that starter was way cooler. If they sort of grew on that... A bit more than just like a big fluffy fox. That would have been a bit cooler, but what are you going to do? But Greninja really grew on me, and I think it's uh, it's not safe, it's safe to say that a lot of people love Greninja. It was voted the one of the favorite, most the most popular Pokemon. It beat Charizard, it beat Pikachu, it, it beat it beat them all. Like super crazy to even think about. But uh, going on as well as Talonflame, Talonflame's uh, one of the best sort of starter bird Pokemon. I've, uh, I've only got Talonflame and Pidgeot in this list. So I guess that speaks... They, they're all sort of, they all sort of went downhill, to be honest, after <laughs> after Pidgeot. But Talonflame... And it is kind of like a similar design, really. Just uh, having like a, a normal fire type is really, really neat, especially for the start of the game. Um, especially when the like, last few generations were actually lacking fire type Pokemon as well. Uh, next up is a really cool Pokemon. Uh Tarantrum, one of the fossil Pokemon, uh, a Pokemon actually based off a T-Rex. You had similar Pokemon being Tyranitar and stuff, but this was a true uh, T-Rex based Pokemon. And uh, it it was a real glass cannon that went down pretty easy, but it was awesome, man. It was so cool. I actually loved going through X with this game. Um, and uh, going on to Generation 7, Decidueye, really cool. I actually did pick it as my first Pokemon and uh, really neat. It was kind of funny though because 
uh, Dartrix being the middle evolution, being a uh, a grass flying type. When it evolved and it became a a grass ghost type, uh, it it, be- it sort of opened itself to a lot more weaknesses, and it was actually a bit harder to use. I f- found in my playthrough. But uh, yeah, regardless, and and I've got a I've got a I actually do love Generation uh, Seven. Not so much the games themselves, but the designs I think are really great. And uh, I've got a I think I've got one in my top favorite Pokemon, but only one in my honorable mention. So we're on to Generation on oh no, Generation Eight, and uh, Generation Eight, one of my uh, Honestly, one of my favorite generations. It's really great. The Pokemon designs are absolutely fantastic. And the first one is my starter Pokemon. It's Rillaboom. Rillaboom's cool. When uh, sort of the rumors come out that uh, Grookey was going to evolve into a drummer, I'm like, yes, that is so up my alley. I love grass types. Um, In high school, I did a lot of drumming. I still consider myself a drummer, but I drum like very little, but... Percussion has always been a big part of my life and sort of how I, I guess, identify myself. So, Rillaboom, I love it. Signature attack, um, actually jumping on the drums and the Gigantamax form, having like his own big drums and it's it's really neat, man. Um, oh, Corviknight. Actually, yeah, actually, there's another starter bird Pokemon, but... Uh, it fits in really well just with the theme and everything, how it's actually based into the lore of the region, being the, the taxi Pokemon, taking people around, uh, that flying steel type we've only seen with Skarmory. So uh, really neat typing. Uh, as a sheep farmer, I'm actually surprised I've got this on there. Well, not really. I guess that's a reason to put it on there. But Wooloo, Wooloo is just a cute Pokemon. It's a fan favorite. Everyone loves him. Uh, Boltund, really, really uh, cool Pokemon based on a, a hound, a dog. Uh, not so good, sort of, uh, I guess, stat-wise. Um, I had one of my team for the first playthrough, and it was fine, but it didn't sort of hold its own as uh, the rest of the team would. Uh, Torkoal, not Torkoal. Oh, I've forgotten your name too. You've escaped my mind. So every now and again, this happens, ladies and gentlemen. I put this list together a week or so ago, and I forget people's names. So I've got to look you up. <laughs> oh, dear. Sword and Shield Pokedex. I want to say Torkoal, but you're not Torkoal. So the Galar Pokedex. Oh, no, it's all of the Pokemon in this Pokedex. So I'm on Cerebi.net at the moment looking through the Pokemon. Because when I get something stuck in my head, I can't get rid of it. I can't even find it on the Pokedex because there's so many Pokemon here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play play a game at home. It, it, it's the evolution, last evolution of Roly Coley. I can remember Roly Coley. That's unique enough. Evolves into all I can think of is Torkoal. Colossal, Colossal. Sorry, Colossal. I forgot your name, mate. <laughs> evolves into Colossal, and there were the rumors that Roly Coley was gonna evolve into like a train. Uh, Colossal isn't a train. It's just like a, I guess like a Titan with coal on it. That's burning the coal. It's it's a it's a, it's a cool design. I still love it, but I do wish it was more based on a train. I reckon that would have been really cool if it sort of continued that sort of like wheel to a cart to a train. But I guess it's like a big cart. And uh, second to last, but definitely definitely not last. Or I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I have it uh, ranked these, but uh, Dra- Dragapult. Uh, Dragapult. Sorry. 
<laughs> I've only had a year to learn these Pokemon's names, like, you know, whatever. But Dragapult, just a really cool Pokemon being based off of a, a fire ghost type. Excellent typing. Uh, just excellent how it's got, like, little droopy living in its head that work as missiles for a signature attack. Really nice. And the last one is the legendary of uh, Pokemon Sword is uh, <laughs> Zashian. Sometimes I just... Last three Pokemon just completely forgot. But Zashian, I think it's awesome. When they first announced it, I was... I fell in love with it then. I think some people sort of went, there's a dog holding a sword. That's weird. But uh, just story-wise and design-wise, uh, typing-wise, I think it's excellent. Excellent type Pokemon. One of my favorite legendaries in the entire series, honestly. So, awesome. So, there are my honorable mentions as we're 25 minutes in. So, let's uh, jump into my top 25 favorite Pokemon throughout the whole Pokemon series. Uh, I guess I better just put out there, but this is of uh, 2001, not 2001, 2021. So if uh, I don't know, you're listening to this five years on from now, and you're like, oh man, you should have included the really cool Pokemon that I don't know about yet. Well, sorry about that. It doesn't exist yet. It doesn't exist yet. So I'm going to read basically the, the Pokedex entries, a little bit about the Pokemon and uh, why I guess it means a lot to me. Obviously, as we're going... F- getting closer and closer to my number one, I'm going to have a lot more sort of, uh, I guess, passion behind it. So a few of these first ones are just because, you know, I think I like them a lot. I like them more than, I guess, my honorable mentions, but we'll get on there. So let me have a swig of water. I've been talking for a little bit. Ah, Delicious. Wonderful water. Very nice stuff. (laughs) So number 25 on my top fave, Top five, top five favorite Pokemon is from Generation Eight, a brand new Pokemon, and that's Appolin. And Appolin is the Apple Core Pokemon, and the Pokedex entry is it spends its entire life inside an apple. It hides from its natural enemies, bird Pokemon, pretending it's just an apple and nothing more. And this was a Pokemon that was included in uh, the leaks for Pokemon Sword and Shield, like every Pokemon game leaks, and uh, it was just like. Just seeing the 3D model from the front was just the apple. I was like, okay, that's weird, but that's fine. <laughs> and uh, actually seeing it in game when I ran into it for the first time and the camera sweeps around the back and you see that it's like this little dragon caterpillar that's just sort of snuck into this apple and poked its eyes out for, through the top of the core and like that leaves are actually its eyes. I thought that was such a clever idea for a Pokemon. Uh, just really cool. And it's uh, its evolutions are really cool, especially Flapple. How it just bursts out the apple and it sort of still gets around in the apple, but it can just fly around. I thought that was <laughs> really cool. So, uh, Applin, absolutely fantastic Pokemon. And uh, number 24 on my list is uh, the Generation 4 Pokemon Togekiss. And Togekiss is the, the Jubilee Pokemon, and it's a Pokemon Sword entry says, These Pokemon are never seen anywhere near conflict or turmoil. In recent times, they're hardly been seen at all. And for Pokemon Shield, known as the bringer of blessings, it has been depicted uh, on good luck charms ever since ancient times. And this is the Pokemon I really like because uh, in earlier games, Togetic was a, a favorite of mine. I think it was one of like the first Pokemon that evolved with love. I know a few of the other uh, Johto baby Pokemon that were introduced did evolve with love as well, but Togepi was the main one that you got included. And I really did, did like Toge, uh, 
tick. Um, but Toga Kiss, I think, uh, really made it a viable option. I love its design. I love that uh, it's it's uh, it's cute Pokemon, but it's a uh, it's a powerhouse. It's cool, and uh, introducing the fairy typing as well really did help it uh, go a long ways. And even in the VGC at the moment, Toga Kiss is absolutely killing it. It's one of the most popular Pokemon. If not, uh, especially in early days, the most popular Pokemon in the entire metagame. But I really do enjoy it for those reasons. Uh, number 23 is Metagross. Uh, Metagross is one of the coolest pseudo-legends leg in the entire series. I think it's incredi inc incredibly popular. And uh, it's got an awesome shiny form being in silver color with the gold cross across its head. And uh, its classification is the Iron Leg Pokemon. And it's a Pokemon description from Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, ah, because of its magnetic power, these Pokemon get stronger in freezing temperatures. Metagross living in snowy mountains are full of energy. So that's sort of, uh, I guess, coming from the fact that in Pokemon Sword and Shield, you can find it in the Crown Tundra. Uh, this was a Pokemon that was introduced into the game through the DLC. So in Pokemon Shield, Metagross is the result of a fusion of two Matang. This Pokemon defeats its opponents through the use of supercomputer level brain. And that's one of these cool things too, because it's basically a big computer. So it's not like, a, I guess, an animal or anything like that. It is based on like just like fusing computers together, which was always really cool. And just Metagross is so confronting. Uh, if, if you ran into one of them in the wild in real life, you would be terrified. So it's just like an excellent Pokemon design that's really stood the test of time. And uh, I love it. I, I didn't play with it so much in like the original games, but going back to Alpha Sapphire, uh, really did enjoy it, especially since they gave you a shiny one at the very start when, with the release of those, those games. So that was always fun, <laughs> having a shiny one. Uh, I believe this is my only pick from Generation 7, but this was a Pokemon that... Uh, grew on me because of my use of it throughout the game. So Rabombi is my 22nd pick for my top five favorite, top five, top five favorite Pokemon. I like saying fave. Oh my God, fave. So what do, what do you classify as? The bee fly Pokemon. That's fair enough because it basically, well, it's not a bee. It's like a little fairy, I guess. But the Pokedex uh, description is uh, from Pokemon Sword and it makes pollen puffs from pollen and nectar. The puffs... Uh, the, yeah, the puffs uh, effects depend on the type of ingredients and how much is you, one is used. And from Shield, Rabombi absolutely hate getting wet or rained on. Uh, in the Cloudy Gala region, uh, they are very uh, seldom seen. So you don't see them too much. But they do appear a lot in the wild area, Pokemon Sword and Shield. But um, I uh, originally had one of these in the uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon and it went throughout the game, and having this tiny, tiny little bee Pokemon uh, be so powerful uh, in Generation it was one of like the first fairy Pokemon I really, really liked. Because, I don't know, there was, there was, there was a few in, a, I guess, X and Y, and they didn't really do too much for me. They kind of looked a bit weird. I thought it was really cool they introduced a new type, but the, the design-wise didn't do too much for me. I, I liked a lot of... Um, the fairy type that was sort of retyped, I guess, like Clefairy and Jigglypuff and all of that, but like Surpuff and stuff, it's like, whew, not so much my favorite. Didn't make my uh, hated Pokemon list or anything like that, but um, Rabombi was one of my favorites and it was an absolute powerhouse. It was so strong. 
Um, so definitely one of my favorite Pokemon. It grew on me so much throughout those games and I definitely do appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> number 21, this might be a bit of a weird pick for some of you guys out there. And uh, this was actually, it came up on Twitter saying, I remember when like the National Deck stuff was happening. This was, uh, I saw a post and someone's basically saying, look, this Pokemon isn't included. So <laughs> like no one cares about this. <laughs> I was like, uh, I care about it. And uh, that Pokemon is from Generation 3 and it's a very forgotten Pokemon and that is uh, Chimeco. And uh, when I was a kid, I always used to think it was called Charm Show because I just read it wrong. Because I guess it could be Charm Show because it literally, it's literally spelt like Chime and Cho. Like, but I sort of split that up wrong. It's like Chime without the E, but then it's Echo, Chime Echo. I could have been right. You know, Pokemon names, you know, <laughs> you read them how you read them, especially when you're kids and all that. I um, like I was thinking when I was talking about uh, Togetic, I heard people call it uh, Togetic. I'm like, I don't know if I'm wrong. I honestly don't know if I'm wrong. If you're in the comments, either on YouTube or uh, just on the podcast, just at Idruby on Twitter, am I wrong with Togetic or Togetic? I think it's Togetic. I always called it Togetic, but I don't know. I don't care what you call it. Um, you can call it whatever you like. I can call it what I like. But uh, I think <laughs> Chimeco was the first Pokemon where I really butchered the name and I sort of learnt later on in life. But this Pokemon... Uh, really has a special place in my heart because on Mount Pyre in a Pokemon Sapphire, it's, it's quite rare. You can find it at the very top and I can't remember the percentage, but it's like 5%, might even be 1%. I don't know. But I was looking for hours for this thing. And the only reason I was looking for it, I wasn't looking to complete the Pokedex or anything like that, but I just really wanted one because it was cute. And uh, I thought it was, just, I think it's just a really cool design, just having like a wind chime. Pokemon as a psychic type. It's got levitate. It's it's really quite neat. Uh, so, yeah, its classification is literally the Windchime Pokemon. And it's a Pokedex. Oh, oh yeah, because that, that's the thing. Is, yeah, like I said, it's not in Pokemon Sword and Shield. So I actually don't have a Pokedex description here. So what about... If I go back on that one, I'll try and find the Pokedex entry because it is a bit of a weird Pokemon. We'll go to Generation 3 where the whole thing started. Where it originated from. I'm just looking at the sprite from Generation 3. Man, it's nostalgic. <laughs> so from Pokemon Ruby version, uh, Ch uh, Chime Echo makes its cries echo inside its hollow body. When this Pokemon became becomes enraged, it cries resulting in uh, ultrasonic waves that have the power to knock uh, foes flying. So a very strong Pokemon. <laughs> And uh, in Pokemon Sapphire, in the high winds, Chimeco cries as it hangs from a tree branch and uh, in raves uh, of a building using its suction cup on its head. This Pokemon plucks berries using its long tails and eats them. And I might as well read Pokemon Emerald as well, just if we get a bit more information. Uh, they fly about very actively uh, when the hot season arrives. They communicate among themselves using seven different distinguishing cries. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I always, I always love Chimeco, and it's, I think it's, it's one of those ones where I bring up usually, and people are like, really, because <laughs> it's just, it's such a forgettable Pokemon, and I think, honestly, out of uh, sort of the rest of my list, it is definitely like the, probably the least suspected, but Chimeco, man, top tier Pokemon. 
Um, so moving on is uh, is Floatzel. Floatzel was introduced in Generation uh, 7. Not 7, sorry, 4. I meant to say 4, but I said 7 for whatever reason. And uh, ever, ever since uh, I knew I was going to have this Pokemon on my team before I even bought Pokemon Pearl. Just a really, really nice Pokemon uh, based off an otter. So its classification is the Sea Weasel Pokemon. I guess it's more of a weasel than an otter. Um, oh, also not in uh, Sword and Shield, so we've got to go back. And we will click on Diamond and Pearl Generation 4 so we get some of the original information here. So from Pokemon Diamond version, it floats using its well-developed flotation sack. Uh, it assists in resources of drowning... Oh, it assists in uh, rescues of drowning people. Jesus. I thought, I thought it just meant it drowned people. Uh, Pearl... Its flotation sack developed as a result of uh, uh, pursuing aquatic prey. It can double as a rubber raft. So a really cool Pokemon. I really do like it. In the Blitzel, not Blitzel, sorry. Uh, uh, I know its name. Uh, Bruise. I can't pronounce it. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes I get this way where I just can't pronounce things. And it's always on a podcast. It's uh, I'm not usually just talking to myself and uh, I can't pronounce things. But Buzel. I think it's a Buzel. Sorry, I just completely butchered that. I can't get it out of my mouth when I just... Uh, some words just don't come out when I'm just talking for almost 40 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, a fantastic Pokemon. One of my favorites from Generation 4. Definitely when uh, Generation 4 remakes come around, I'll be having this on my team, 100% especially since it's not in Sword and Shield at the moment. Um, it would be a great opportunity to use it again. Uh, next one on my list is Skarmory. Skarmory, what a sick Pokemon. Uh, just being a, a steel uh, flying type, uh, really nice shiny, being that green color with like dark green wings looks really, really nice. Uh, it's the Armor Bird Pokemon and uh, it's Pokedex description from Pokemon Sword and Shield is the pointed feathers on these Pokemon are... Sharper than swords, Skarmory and Corviknight fly vigorously over territory. So that's from the Crown Tundra uh, sort of expansion, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Finally got introduced to that game. So it's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> pretty nice. So a really cool Pokemon. It's a Pokemon that I still want as a shiny. I would actually love one in my collection. Every now and again, when it pops up on Pokemon Go, click on it straight away. Just to be disappointed that it's not shiny. But uh, I really did love uh, sort of trying to find this Pokemon in Pokemon Sapphire. Uh, it was pretty, pretty rare in, uh, I can't remember the exact route, but it was on the route where you uh, collect the soot for your soot bag um, in the Hoenn region. And, uh, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty rare. It wasn't, it wasn't like super rare. It wasn't a Chimeco rare or anything like that, but uh, really, really nice Pokemon. Uh, next up is... And this has actually surprised me when I put together my um, list. But Empoleon from Generation uh, 4. So I I always loved Torterra. Torterra, I would have said that Torterra was my favorite starter from that generation. But uh, going on over the years and playing through with Empoleon, uh, it, it, the Pokemon grew on me a lot. And uh, especially in recent years, uh, playing Pokemon Go, I had uh, I have an absolutely amazing Empoleon. I've got multiple shinies through the community day that did a couple of years ago, and uh, it's grown on me through using it in Pokemon Go. To be honest, which is uh, which is quite surprising. I never knew Pokemon Go would sort of create a new favorite Pokemon for myself, 
but Empoleon, uh, a really, really cool typing as well. It is sort of weird whenever I'm using it and I get hit by a fire type and it does like a decent amount of damage because it's a steel type as well as the water type. Always throws me off a little bit. But this Pokemon is the Emperor Pokemon. And uh, once again, not in Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> Whoops. I went through all of these, just went to the Sword and Shield Pokedexes, but maybe I shouldn't have done that. That's okay, though. It's okay. So Poke fourth generation Pokemon Pokedex. So from Pokemon Diamond, the three horns that extend from its beak uh, at least it, uh, to its power. Uh, the leader has the biggest horns. In Pokemon Pearl, it swims as fast as a jet boat. The edges of its wings are sharp, uh, are sharp and can slice apart drifting ice. In Pokemon Platinum, if anyone were to hurt its pride, it would slash them with wings that can cleave through an ice foe. So, <laughs> just thinking about that, like just like slicing through it. So that sounds like fun. But yeah, I reckon when the Diamond and Pearl remakes come around, probably at the end of this year, pretty obvious, uh, I'll be choosing Piplup, definitely. Uh, really cool Pokemon. So moving on to one of the first legendary Pokemon on my list. Is there Groudon? Uh, Ruby and Sapphire were my first set of Pokemon games. So these legendaries have a very high amount of, I guess, nostalgia for them. Even just seeing them on the box art. The box art alone, I have nostalgia for them. But I absolutely love the uh, sort of aesthetic of them. And I guess just to wrap them into the similar conversation, the next Pokemon for me is Kyogre. And I absolutely love the sort of uh, feud between them both. Uh, up until this point, we haven't really had a feud between, I guess, Pokemon. We had like Mew and Mewtwo, but that was really in the in the movie. That wasn't in the game at all. And... Uh, you know, Lugia, Hoa, they don't really have anything to do with each other. They're just existing in the same region. But these two had like real beef with each other. And that was put throughout the whole story, whether it's through Team Aqua, Team Magma, like literally different ends of the spectrum being land and sea and how these these elements sort of played into uh, the region as a whole. But it's a, a, need, uh, a region based on nature and nature, you know, a small change can really throw everything out. If you expand the sea, everything on on the land is going to die. And if you make everything land, there's obvious problems with having no water as well. So absolutely cool Pokemon. Uh, love them so much. And uh, in Pokemon Go recently, I got two shiny Kyogre, which uh, made my day. Finally got a shiny Kyogre. No shiny Groudon. The hunt continues. But uh, talking about these Pokemon, so... Uh, <laughs> Groudon is the continent Pokemon. And, uh, man, I've got to, got to go back here too. Got to go back here too. Now that all these Pokemon are a bit older, they don't really have Pokedex entries. I thought it, like Groudon and Kyogre are in the recent games, but they don't have Pokedex entries because they're not technically in the Pokedex, but you can use them. So the continent Pokemon. So in Ruby, it uh, says, Groudon has been long described as a mythologically... Uh, yeah, in the, mythologically, as Pokemon that raised lands and expanded continents, this Pokemon took to sleep after a cat cataclysmic battle with Kyogre. And uh, in Pokemon Sapphire, it goes into a bit more detail. Groudon has the power to scatter rain clouds and make water evaporate with light and heat. It came as a, a savior to the people ha who have been suffering from terrible floods. And uh, with Kyogre here... It's the sea brazen Pokemon. 
And uh, I guess, Kai, honestly, I didn't know what order to put these two in. And I'm honestly just, uh, I like them pretty equally, but I'm putting Kyogre just that little bit more because Kyogre, uh, I guess, was the mascot of the first Pokemon game I really got into. And yeah, it's the first legendary encounter I ever had in the whole series, which uh, will always have something special to me when I run into it with the the, the theme of the legendary music in uh, Kanto, not Kanto, Hoenn. Uh, it was really quite special. So in Pokemon Ruby version, uh, Kyogre has the power to create massive round clouds that cover the entire sky and bring about a torrential downpours. This Pokemon saved people who were suffering from droughts. And in Pokemon Sapphire, uh, Kyogre is named in mythologically as Pokemon that expanded the sea by covering the land with torrential rains and lower uh, and towering tidal waves. It took to sleep after a cataclysmic battle with Groudon. And I remember these uh, Pokedex entries being interesting too. I remember comparing them with friends who had Pokemon Ruby and it was funny that they're like literally the same, but just complete opposites. And even when uh, you got the Pokedex entry on the opposing game, how it goes into a bit more detail as well. I quite liked that. And even though it was the, pretty much the same when you traded your legendary too. So really, really nice. I, I love, I love those two Pokemon. I love the, the whole conflict, the whole story around them. I think it's uh, probably the one of the honestly best legendary stories in the whole series. And there's been some great ones since, so that's not that's not saying it lightly. All right, so we're going to Generation 7 with... Uh, oh, so, so Robombi wasn't my only Generation 7. I missed uh, this one. So uh, Mimikyu. Mimikyu, one of my favorite Pokemon. I think it's... Uh, I love the whole story behind it, how it was basically... It's jealous of Pikachu, um, Pikachu's popularity, and it's got to wear a disguise to sort of... You know, not terrorize people and not turn it off of them. So naturally, this is the uh, the disguised Pokemon. And uh, in Pokemon Sword, it says that it uh, wears a rag fashioned in, into a Pikachu costume in an effort to look less scary. However, the costume only makes it creepier. Don't know about that. If you looked underneath uh, Mimikyu, I think it would be scarier than what it looks like. It probably could have chosen a lot more appealing <laughs> uh, cost, like face though. Still looks pretty scary. All right, there was a uh, sorry Pokemon Shield. There was a scientist who peeked under Mimikyu's old rag in the name of research. The scientist died of mysterious disease. That's it. <laughs> I love ghost type entries. They're so fun. We're going to get to uh, another couple of quite horrifying Pokedex entries coming on. But Mimikyu, I think it's just fantastic. Um, I love its whole backstory. I, I love it so much. I think that really adds to the character of this Pokemon. And uh, typically, whenever I catch one, I've got a shiny one currently in Pokemon Sword. And I I, I nickname them Mimic Drew. Mimi Drew. <laughs> because why not? I've got, a, I've got a name, Drew, which is just one syllable. I can fit it into whatever I want. So I, can, I usually call my Pikachu Pikadrew, my Mimikyu Mimidrew. Uh, any other name where I can easily fit it in, I will. I'll make a whole party called Something Drew or Drew Something. So, like, you know, you got Torco, you got Tor Drew. Doesn't, that doesn't work as well. I wouldn't do that. But you know what I mean. Pretty lame, but it is what it is. All right, so we're going back to Generation 1, and uh, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a Gen 1-er here. We're back to Generation 1, and that's Arcanine. And this is another Pokemon, which means a lot to me, uh, just based off of a, a dog or a, a canine, as you will. Uh, I hear some people call it Arcanine. And 
I never heard that, but when I heard that, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense and it could be spelt that way. So I don't know. If you call it RK9, that's fair enough, but I've always called it RK9, so I don't know what the correct way to say it. I think in the anime, I never heard him say RK9, but what are you going to do? Call it what you want. So uh, it's classified as the legendary Pokemon, and this was a weird thing in the anime how, I guess, RK9 was right next to the legendary birds and it was like a legendary Pokemon. But sort of how they classify legendary Pokemon these days uh, it wasn't so much in Generation 1. You didn't have, like, legendary Pokemon, but now now there's, like, uh, it feels like 50 or... No, there's way more than 50. There's, like, 60 or 70 legendary Pokemon. I'm not sure the name, but... Yeah, this classification seems a bit weird with the hindsight now, but especially Growlithe, they pop up everywhere and you just use a, uh, a Firestone and it becomes pretty easy. But... um. This uh, Pokemon from the entry on Pokemon Sword, uh, the sight of it running over uh, 6,200 miles in a sing single day and night has captivated many people. And a shield, a Pokemon that has been admired for its beauty. It runs, uh, it it runs uh, agility as it as if it's on its own wings. So very fast Pokemon, very cool. It's uh, got extreme speed, which is uh, a lot of fun to use in the, the mainline games. And um, usually when I go through the Kanto games, I always need to catch myself a Growlithe. Uh, in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, I actually, my first attempt at shiny hunting in that game, the brand new method doing the, the sort of uh, the chains for catching Pokemon, uh, Growlithe was the first shiny Pokemon I got in that game. And it was really exciting and really cool being able to go through that game with a shiny Arcanine, especially that you could ride it in the game. That was really, really neat. Um, so yeah, just like one of my favorite generation one Pokemon based off a dog. Dog's one of my favorite animals. So really cool. Um, going back to the Holland region, this is a, this is an excellent Pokemon. So Rayquaza. Uh, Rayquaza is a awesome Pokemon and being able to sort of, it's one of my first experiences really hunting, not hunting down, but sort of like figuring out how to get to the next legendary Pokemon. Uh, being like Kyogre, it was like, oh, yeah, it's a part of the story. You get there, it's exciting as a kid. you got, like, the epic music and that going on. But learning about Rayquaza and learning the puzzle, going up the sky pillar and getting there and uh, having being a Pokemon that was really hard to catch. And when I finally caught it after what felt like hundreds of uh, Ultra Balls was really, really cool to finally get. So this is the Sky High Pokemon. And Pokemon Ruby, Rayquaza lived for hundreds of of millions of years in the Earth's ozone layer. When descending to the ground, this Pokemon appears to feed on water and particles in the atmosphere. And in Pokemon Sapphire, Rayquaza is said to have hundreds of millions of years in the Earth's ozone layer above the clouds. Its existence had been completely unknown because it lived so high in the sky. And uh, Rayquaza, it's always been known to me that like it's one of the coolest shinies. I really want a shiny Pokemon. Uh, shiny Rayquaza in the games. That would be really, really neat. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Man. <laughs> Moving um, back to Generation 4. I've actually got a fair few Generation 4 Pokemon on this, which is nice to see. Uh, Driftblim. Driftblim uh, is one of those Pokemon as well, as well as Floatzel. I'm like, I definitely want one of these in my team. Uh, just aesthetically. I don't know what appeals, uh, why it appealed so much to me. It's just like this... Weird looking sort of blimp Pokemon with like an X as a mouth and two just dots as eyes. Don't know exactly where the appeal come from, but it's uh, classified as the blimp Pokemon. 
And uh, from Pokemon Sword, some say this Pokemon is a collection of souls <laughs> uh, burdened with regret, silently uh, drifting through the dusk. Pokemon Shield, it grabs people and Pokemon and carries them off somewhere. Where do they go? Nobody knows. And this was one of the first Pokemon I had sort of a, I was exposed to just like really wacky Pokedex entries. So I'm going to read some from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl as well, because I remember there being some real doozies in this game. Uh, So from Pokemon Diamond, um, it's drowsy in daytime, but flies off in the evening in big groups. No one knows where they go. Okay. And then Pokemon Pearl, it carries people in Pokemon when it flies, but since it only drifts, it can end up anywhere. And Pokemon Platinum, it drifts uh, at dusk, swarms of them uh, carried aloft on winds. And when they notice, uh, they suddenly vanish. And I think, uh, like, they aren't too bad, actually. But I'm going to read some of its previous evolution, being a Drifloon. So I remember reading Drifloons, and it was just like, oh, my God. Uh, So Drifloon, uh, some Pokemon Diamond, a Pokemon formed by spirits of the people and Pokemon. It loves damp, humid seasons. Pokemon Pearl, it tugs on the hands of children to steal them away. However, it gets pulled to the ground instead. So it doesn't actually do anything to the kids, but it has the intention to actually like take them and take them to the sky, which is, which is absolutely terrifying. (laughs) All right. So I think we're into, what are we up to now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. So we're up to number 11 and this might be, this is a random one, and this was hard to sort of decide between its evolutions, but I I decided on the first stage evolution because of its uh, sort of significance to me. So number eleven is Caterpie, and like you know, might you know, might be like Caterpie, like really like that little bug Pokemon, but I think it's really well designed. I think it's uh, sort of interaction in the Pokemon anime being Ash's first Pokemon and how it interacts with Pikachu with how they become friends and its evolution and how it grows up. I think it's really sweet just from that perspective. But even from my own perspective, I got a, a Pokemon show bag when I was a real little kid before I even started playing the games. I would have been like five or six or something. And in that show bag, there was actually a little Caterpie a plush that came with it. And actually, where is that? I've actually got it. I've actually still got it somewhere. I won't, I won't go and get it now. But that plush, I used to take at the school every day. And some of my other friends had um, same, like similar plushes. I think uh, a friend of mine had a Ghastly. There, there was Ghastly. There was Ivasaur, I believe. Like there was some pretty cool Pokemon. But I ended up with a Caterpie, and I just loved it so much. I brought it to school. It was like it was like my like second best friend or whatever, which I used to carry around with me. And like I, I picked it up the other day and it just like all came flooding back to me, the memories I had with Caterpie. And then uh, Caterpie was my number one favorite Pokemon, which is hilarious. Like when you're a kid, I sort of went from Pikachu to Caterpie to, I don't know, Charizard, whatever, like every week probably. But there was a stage where Caterpie was my favorite Pokemon. And I still love it. And uh, I, I this, this is the bit I don't get, right? So it's classified as the worm Pokemon. I always thought Weedle was classified as the worm Pokemon because it's a worm. Like Caterpie is based off a caterpillar. Like it you know, evolves into a, a butterfly. So, you know, but it's classified as the worm Pokemon. So, you know, I'm, I'm not designing or writing Pokemon dialogue or anything like that. So 
what are you going to do? But in Pokemon Sword, it says, for protection, it releases a horrible stench from the antenna on its head to drive away enemies. In Pokemon Shield, it says that uh, its short feet are tipped with suction pads that enable it to uh, tirelessly climb slopes and walls. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a caterpillar. That's kind of described a, a caterpillar. Because <laughs> uh, worms, I don't know, worms don't have little legs. Caterpillars do. No, there's a... There's a few Generation 1 uh, classifications where I'm like, I don't know. Can you wreck on that? Can you go back and change it? I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I got a lot of nostalgia for Cata, for Caterpie. I know it's a funny one. I was thinking, like, should I say like, – I didn't know whether I should uh, put in my list Butterfree. Love Butterfree. But I had a, I had a rule for this list that I would only include one evolution for each line. Uh, so I can't just, like, put Caterpie, Metapod, and Butterfree. In the, in the same list. I think uh, maybe a lot of you can relate with Caterpie. If I said Metapod was one of my favorite Pokemon, my 11th favorite Pokemon, maybe then you'll be like, that's weird. Like it was a pretty funny episode when Ash is uh, versing that trainer and they're just doing Harden, Harden, Harden. That's a pretty funny meme. But I prefer Caterpie. I prefer Caterpie a lot. So keeping with the bug theme, at, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I forgot where I'm up to. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So yes, number 10. So this is where things get serious, everybody. So at number 10, being a bug Pokemon from the Johto region is Heracross. Always loved Heracross. Uh, when I was a kid, I got like, I didn't have a plush or a toy or anything like that, but I just loved its design. It's a big horn. It's a, it's a bug type that is strong, that is powerful. Uh, it's signature move that is going to go on to other Pokemon at this stage, but Mega Horn uh, is really cool. And the first game that I really, really got into using it was a uh, Pokemon Heart Gold. And in Pokemon Heart Gold, I was able to... I absolutely, I think back so fondly of my team from Heart Gold, and a lot of these Pokemon are actually on the list. But Heracross was an absolute powerhouse, being that fighting type as well, really brought that bug sort of synergy really well. And uh, in Generation 4 as well, having that special and physical split between the moves really helped that Pokemon too. Uh but its classification is the single horn Pokemon. In a Pokemon sword, Heracross loves a sweet a sap and will go looking through the forest for it. The Pokemon uses its two antenna to pick up scents as it searches. In a Pokemon shield, this Pokemon takes pride in, in its strength, which allows it to lift things 100 times heavier than itself with no trouble at all. So it's kind of like an ant, really. and you know, That's what ants in real life can do. They can pick up real heavy things that are a lot bigger than itself. And it's uh, pretty neat. It is a uh, it is weird how sort of the female version of a uh, Metacross, not Metacross, a uh, Heracross have like the heart horn, and it's always a weird sort of uh, I guess thing that Pokemon's like. All right, it's a female version has like a love heart feature, whether it's Pikachu with a love heart tail or whatever. It's like yeah, it's a bit weird, but it's still it's still fun. Like you you'd think like in the wild, Heracross not having that sharp horn would be you know a pretty big detriment. But I still wouldn't like to be hit by one, that's for sure. Not at all. So moving into my favorite Generation 3 starter, and it's the only Generation 3 starter that was missing from my honorable mentions. So uh, if you can remember like 40 minutes ago, we're up to an hour. <laughs> I hope this is okay for you guys. But uh, my favorite Generation 3 starter is Skeptile. Skeptile, uh, really cool design, how it's got blades on its wrist. It's... Uh, 
it's a really neat Pokemon. And I remember playing Pokemon at school. And when I say playing Pokemon at school, I don't mean bringing the trading cards. I don't mean bringing my Game Boy. When I say playing Pokemon at school, I mean with my friends, all playing the roles of different Pokemon and having like a pretend Pokemon battle together. And it's pretty cringy now, but uh, here I am admitting this uh, an hour in. So, you know, some of the, a lot of people might not hear it, so it's okay. <laughs> but I would like go like this to my friends. I'll like pretend that I've got these like leaf blades coming out of my arms and I'll like pretend to do a slash with the leaf blades. And uh, I and <laughs> like a few years later, my friends actually like told me that they thought it was so cringe. Even at 10 years old, they're like, man, that's so cringy. But in saying that, the stuff they were doing too, like, you know, they were like, you know, I'm Squirtle, his water gun, like, you know, it's all it's all real cringy. But <laughs> I, uh, I loved playing a Skeptile. I could just imagine it like jumping about and using Leaf Blade and um, being a really cool Pokemon. And it's sort of through like a Pokemon tournament years later where I could actually finally utilize that, like, I guess, really neat fighting ability with like the blades on its wrists and stuff. And in the anime, when it's like its blades like lit up on its arm, I thought that was the coolest thing ever, man. It was so cool. Um, so while it wasn't, while Trico wasn't my first starter in a Generation 3, uh, Trico grew on me very quickly and Skeptile, one of my favorite Pokemon. Um, so moving on to another starter Pokemon. This one, this one's pretty trite at this point. It's a very, very popular Pokemon. And that's, uh, that's Charizard. But what am I going to do without Charizard? Like uh, my first starter in the generation one games uh, is popular for a reason. It's a really, really fantastic Pokemon. And to, actually I never read anything about Skeptile, did I? It's the forest Pokemon. Anyway. Um, yeah. I better read out Skeptile. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Absolutely love, man. Skeptile generation three. Man, getting mixed up here. Sorry, everyone. So in Pokemon Ruby, uh, Skeptile, uh, the, the leaves growing on Skeptile's body are very sharp-edged. Uh, this Pokemon is very agile. It leaps all over the branches and trees and jumps on its foe from above or behind. In a Pokemon Sapphire, Skeptile has seeds growing on its back. These are said to be bursting with nutrients as it re- uh, revitalizes trees. This Pokemon uh, raises uh, in the trees. Uh, in a forest with loving care. So, yeah. Man, I love Skeptile. Awesome stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, moving on to Charizard, I think, like, it, it played a massive role in the Pokemon anime, uh, massive role in the video games. Um, it's one of the most popular Pokemon. Uh, it is a little bit unfortunate going on Generations that it gets a bit too much love in X and Y, two Mega Evolutions, uh, going on, it's a Gigantamax form. The champion uses one. Like, it's a bit too much. And I can see why people are like, come on, man. But it's 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 one of the most, uh, I guess, strongly designed original Pokemon. And uh, that's, that's even reflected in the price for, like, Pokemon trading cards. How if you pull a Charizard, it's going to be popular. People are going to want it. It's going to go up in value. So uh, just an excellent Pokemon all around. So Charizard is the flame Pokemon. And from Pokemon Sword, uh, it spits up fire that is hot enough to melt boulders. It can cause forest fires by blowing flames. I guess it could. I guess any fire Pokemon could create a forest fire. Someone chucks out their cigarette into some like dry grass and it can create a forest fire. I'm pretty sure Charizard with a fire tail 
would do that. But, you know, you learn something every day for the Pokedex. And Pokemon Sword, its wings can carry this Pokemon close uh, close to attitude of 4,600 feet. It blows out fire at very high temperatures. Yes, it can. It can melt boulders. So there you go. All right, moving on to my other... One of, one of my other favorite Pokemon. It's also from Generation 1. Uh, I think this one's pretty popular as well, but this is Lapras. And uh, Lapras is the transport Pokemon. And uh, it is a Pokemon in Pokemon Sword Shield. I was very happy about that. Got a Gigantamax form, which uh, looks pretty cool. Basically has its Paris song going around its shell. And its, uh, it's uh, shell is like a musical instrument. It's kind of... I wouldn't have said that for like an idea for Lapras, but... It's pretty cool, nevertheless. So, uh, a smart and kind-hearted Pokemon. It glides across the surface of the sea while its beautiful song echoes around it. And Pokemon's uh, shield, crossing icy seas is no issue for this cold-resistant Pokemon. Its smooth skin is a little uh, is a little cool to the touch. And this is a, a Pokemon that I just fell in love with uh, at an early age, mainly through the Pokemon anime in the Orange Islands. I think it was a... It's just, it's sort of like, it's just a really sweet Pokemon. It's kind like in the Pokedex entrance, it literally says it, but it's a kind hearted Pokemon. It's uh, it's uh, just a, uh, I don't know, really nice. And I've, I've always used it whether I'm playing through Generation 1 games, wherever I get it through the Sylph Code during the Team Rocket invasion, uh, get given it get given it by the scientist, or even just a, uh, Catching it in the in that random cave in Gold and Silver. Just a really great Pokemon. So talking about Gold and Silver, my, uh, what's this? Number six favorite Pokemon is a Tyranitar. And Tyranitar is my favorite pseudo-legendary Pokemon. I think it's awesome. Uh, and it's like the first pseudo-legendary, but it wasn't a dragon. And I feel like apart from Metagross, there aren't many pseudo-legendaries that aren't based on dragons. But uh, this Pokemon is the armor Pokemon, and it's uh, from Pokemon Sword. Its sh- its its uh, body can't be harmed by any sort of attack. It is very eager to make challenges amongst enemies, so it's always looking for like competitors and opponents. It's a very powerful, very um, very uh, strong Pokemon. In a Pokemon uh, Shield, the quakes caused uh, when it walks make even great mountains crumble and change the surrounding terrain. So just uh, just a menacing Pokemon all, all around. But when I played through Pokemon Heart Gold, I remember this being one of the most brutal nature searches I've ever had. It was brutal. I was looking for, like, when I first played through Pokemon Heart Gold, I made sure that all my Pokemon were competitive ready. So I made sure they had the right natures, like, you know, pretty good IVs. And I just wanted an adamant, Lavatar, that's all I wanted. I wasn't going for a shiny or whatever, but it took me like four boxes of these things just to get an adamant one. And like compared to these days when I'm shiny hunting and I'm doing like a thousand eggs, it was nothing like that. But man, it took forever. I just wanted one of 16 natures. It was ridiculous. But when I finally got it, I've never had a payoff so impressive. That was my Tranitar. I'm like, with it, it's a... Enhanced attack. It was very powerful. And I f- it was one of the first Pokemon I actually EV trained, just grinding on Goldeen next to Cerulean Cave. And man, it was strong. And I just I just went through. I was versing Bryce and I just remember beating his Dragonite, which he was pretty proud of. And I it made me feel so good. 
it outsped his Dragonite, and that just made me so happy. So I always have a really great memory in my heart and definitely one of my favorite Pokemon. Whenever I have a chance, I have it on my team. It's one of my first shiny Pokemon that I got on Pokemon uh, Sword. Um, even though it's shiny isn't amazing. It's got a it's got a um, purple belly. And apart from that, it's just like a bit of a different green color, but very much similar. So really cool Pokemon. All right, so we're into the five top favorite Pokemon. And uh, these Pokemon, I had them in like the top five and the other ones were relatively simple to order. I'm like, yeah, yeah, put them here and there. But my top five, I was actually surprised at the outcome. I'm like, huh, and I'm pretty happy with it. So at number five is a Pokemon from Generation 5 and it is Chandelure. And Chandelure, I guess uh, it's, it's kind of similar in design to Drifblim. It's a, it's a ghost fire type. It's based off a chandelier and it's it's honestly one of those Pokemon a lot of people like. A Pokemon based off a chandelier, that's just ridiculous, but I don't know. Is it really? It's, it's, it's Pokemon, ladies and gentlemen. Like, what are you going to do? You literally had a Pokemon based off a blimp like four years before this, so I don't know. But anyway, a Chandelure is the uh, luring Pokemon. And uh, the Pokedex entries for this is uh, quite entertaining as well. So this Pokemon haunts... Uh, uh, oh, was it? Uh, this Pokemon haunts uh, mansions. It uh, sways its arms to hypnotize opponents with the ominous dancing of its flames. In a Pokemon uh, shield, in homes illuminated by chandelure instead of lights, funerals were uh, contrast... Uh, so it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Completely. So, someone's doing in the in the room next to me. So its funerals were a contrast, or so it said. So I'm gonna go to Generation Five. See what it had to say in there because uh, it's another one of those ghost type Pokemon that had like a really mucked up Pokedex entry in the original games, which made me go, huh. Especially Litwick. I feel maybe it was Litwick. Like the the sort of like cute the cute Pokemon at the very start seem to have like really haunting <laughs> Pokedex entries. So in Pokemon Black, it absorbs a spirit, uh, which then it burns by waving the flames on its arms. It puts its foes into a hypnotic trance. Pokemon White, uh, being consumed in uh, Chandelure's flames, burns up the spirit, leaving the body behind. So it can literally burn your soul out of your body. So that's always horrifying. I'm going to read Litwick's as well, see what it has to say about Litwick, because I remember it being pretty scary. So, <laughs> Pokemon Black. Litwick shines a light that absorbs the light, uh, absorbs the life energy from the people in Pokemon, which becomes the fuel that it burns. Pokemon White, uh, while shining a light and pretending to be a guide, it leeches off the life force of anyone who follow it. So, it's a uh, Litwick being a candle Pokemon. Um, if people use it as a light source, it basically just drains your life, life source, which is, uh, which is something. <laughs> uh, so that's relatively horrifying, but I, I played through the generation five games multiple times, whether it's black and white or black and white too. And every single playthrough, I had a chandelure, always had a chandelure and it's got amazing special attack. That is, uh, just horrifying, <laughs> horrifying and uh, I finally got a shiny one in Pokemon Sword, which uh, took me a lot of eggs. And that was one of the shiny Pokemon hunts, but actually kind of broke me at the very end. I sort of, uh, I finally got it after a thousand or so eggs and I sat down and it finally popped up on my TV and I sort of just went, <sighs> finally, it's there. 
There was no fanfare. I'm like, there it is. Thank God. So it almost broke me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're getting into the fourth one. I'm going to have a bit of a drink. I've been talking for a long time. <laughs> I thought this might be a bit of a shorter episode, but man, I'm just talking and talking. Sorry about that, everyone. Okay, so number four is uh, something that uh, is even more trite than Charizard. I'm sorry. This might not be a very exciting Pokemon, but this is Pikachu. And uh, Pikachu has... <sighs> Pikachu was the first Pokemon I guess I ever fell in love with, as many kids did, uh, seeing them in the anime and every sort of bit of merchandise. Pikachu was right on front. I think it's the perfect sort of combination of cuteness, coolness, power and I definitely see why it is the mascot of the Pokemon series and uh, you know most of my love for it comes from um, I guess the anime and seeing it in there and there was a bit you know when I'm I guess early teenager where I'm like oh you know Pikachu sucks you know so popular whatever but come around on it again so you get over that stage and absolutely love Pikachu I think it's a fantastic Pokemon Um, and the ability to be able to use it pretty well as well with a light ball uh, I did a run through Pokemon Y version. I finished Pokemon X. I'm like, all right, there's there's not a lot to do at the end of the game. Didn't have much to do. So I jumped into the second version. I usually buy uh, both versions because I'm a big sucker. So I bought both and I started a, uh, a version up with just a Pichu. So I'm going to play through the whole game as a challenge just with a Pikachu. But I uh, made this a very special Pikachu so I didn't get stuck. So I... Uh, I gave it a, a light ball, naturally, double its uh, attack and special attack. And uh, I gave it hidden power ice. So if I come up against uh, like a, a ground type, a rock type, anything that I'm in trouble with, um, it had hidden power ice. So it got out of a lot of sticky situations. And as I said before, I called it Picadrew. So me and Picadrew are uh, good pals in a Pokemon Y. And uh, yeah, that's a, I had some really great memories going through that game with that Pokemon, especially especially since it was a, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard, but it was a bit challenging. There was a few sticky situations there. So it comes to no surprise that Pikachu is the mouse Pokemon and a Pokemon sword. Oh my God. It's got a, it's got a lot of the Pokedex entries because of all the different hats you can put on it in the game. But in Pokemon sword, a Pikachu that can, uh, that can generate powerful electricity, have cheek sacks, but extra soft and super stretchy. So if you want to know you have a good Pikachu, you just go up to its cheek and you grab it and you sort of stretch it around and see what it does. <laughs> in the Pokemon's uh, shield, when Pikachu meet, they touch their tails together and exchange electricity through them as a form of greeting. So it's kind of like a dog, but instead of smelling each other's bottoms, they spark each other's tails. So that's a bit cute, isn't it? But yeah, a lot of great memories with Pikachu. Um mainly for the anime, but even in the games themselves, I've got some very special Pikachu companions, which I really enjoyed. All right, number four is Lantern. Lantern is the light Pokemon. Uh, it's a, I don't know what sort of deep water fish it's based off, but, you know, it's got the light on its head. And uh, I don't think Lantern's all that popular Pokemon, but it's from Generation 2. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites. And this was the Pokemon that... um. I remember fondly because in Pokemon Emerald version, this is my first ever level 100 Pokemon that I ever got. And level 100s aren't what they are now. You know, you don't just use candy, get them straight to a level 100 in two minutes. Level 100 was a massive grind in the early generations. So 
finally getting this level 100 was a, a big achievement for me. And uh, I just, and like it's typing really stood out to me, uh, being water electric and having the ability uh, volt absorb, or it can be have the ability um, water absorb as well, but especially volt absorb, I think that is a really great ability. Not that uh, electric types would do a lot to it being an electric type as well, but there are, there are some people out there that just see it and they, see it as a water type and they just use electric type just for the, you know, they think it's super effective, but uh, they have volt absorbed there. So it just generates uh, HP for me. And uh, a real funny moment when I was uh, doing some co competitive battling in Pokemon uh, Sword, I uh, I bred a pretty good Lantern and got the shiny form. So I was doing some battles with it and someone, someone actually used an electric attack on me. Uh, volt absorb kicked in and... Uh, then the, the the person on the other end just rage quit straight away. It was the funniest thing. It's just like, I'm like, haha, suck. <laughs> so, especially, it was, I think it was like Rotom. So I wrote, it might not have had any other attacks that really could have done much to me. <laughs> so they just like, they just rage quit. I thought it was so funny. I had it like recorded on my Switch and everything. So it was really great. But I remember going through the battle frontier with this lantern, really doing wonders for me in the, uh, the, yeah, the battle frontier. So got a lot of great memories with lantern. I think it's just a really cute looking Pokemon. A really great Pokemon. Um, so the Pokedex entries in uh, Pokemon Sword. Uh, the light that emits is so bright that it can illuminate the sea's surface from the depths over three miles. In Pokemon Shield, this Pokemon flashes a bright light that blinds its prey. It creates an opening uh, for it to deliver an electrical attack. So awesome, awesome stuff. All right, so number two. Now, number two was really hard to sort of swap between number one. I'm not 100% sure where I come across it, but I do believe this is my second favorite Pokemon ever. And uh, it was also hard to sort of choose its evolution as well because I honestly like all of their evolutions kind of the same, but probably the last evolution is the one that really sticks with me. So from generation four is Porygon Z. I think Porygon Z is another Pokemon that isn't that popular. But it stands out to me because all the way back in Generation 1 and Generation 3 with Fire Relief Green, Porygon was a Pokemon I had to really try for. Uh, it's only available through the uh, the game corner in a Kanto, and that requires a lot of grinding trainers for money to exchange for coins to eventually get a Porygon. And honestly, it took ages, especially in Fire Red, because it was just so much more expensive. It was like max coins for a Porygon. And there's a lot of battles versing people the same, using the amulet coin to grind. I can't remember how long it took. It felt like a week though. It felt like a week of just grinding to get a Porygon, which any other Pokemon in the game would have been easy. You could have finished the game and got to Mewtwo before you got enough money to get Porygon. So if you want a Porygon, you have to really work for it. And even in those games where you couldn't evolve it into a Porygon 2 until the post game where the Johto Pokemon uh, were introduced to the national decks, um, it, was, it was a lot of work. But in Generation 4, uh, I was really happy to see that Porygon 2 got a, uh, an evolution. I really liked Porygon 2. I actually loved using it. But having it a little bit more uh, competitive, I guess, a little bit more stronger was really cool to see. So in Generation 4, this uh, Porygon Z, when I was using it, I remember using it on Pokemon Battle Revolution for the Wii. Uh, Battle Revolution is a pretty pretty subpar game, but it was cool seeing those Pokemon in 3D graphics, being able to verse people online without actually having to, you know, exchange friend codes and all of that rubbish we had to deal with back in Nintendo's early online servers. 
But I remember uh, a friend, a fr- not sorry, a friend, but someone who was versing on an online forum on Aussie Nintendo for anyone that uh, was on there. Shout out to Aussie Nintendo a few, <laughs> 10 so years ago. But I was, I was versing someone, I think their username was Aerodrome. And he must have looked through my team after a battle when he said, why the hell are you using a Jolly Porygon Z? And I'm like, I don't know. And honestly, I, I quite liked that it had a Jolly nature. Because I liked the idea of this Pokemon being like, you know, having a jolly nature, being happy, being just full of energy. So I just read it having a jolly nature. Be like, cool, it's got a jolly nature. That's that's nice. But, you know, what jolly nature means is that its special attack is down and its speed is up. So speed is up. That's always a good thing. But this is a special This is a special attacker. So um, you really don't want a special attack being down. So basically my Porygon Z was, was hampered. And... Uh, Ever since then, ever since that was pointed out to me when I was relatively young, um, natures have always been on the backside of my head. And, you know, while uh, while that's a good thing, like sort of understanding the natures in the Pokemon games, you know, making sure you have the right one for your team, um, in some ways it, it kind of like it broke me for a little bit because if I got a Pokemon that I really wanted that was quite rare, I would sort of look at it and be like, hmm. It's got the wrong nature. I can't use it, <laughs> and that sort of uh, that sort of happened for the next few years. But um, I got rid of that, and that's why I especially like in the new games, mints. Hey, you can change the natures. You can put up with a bad nature until like a serious battle online or something comes around, and you can introduce it then. But Porygon Z uh, was the Pokemon that introduced me to natures and a bit more serious breeding, and I guess uh, having Pokemon that are a bit more competitive um, on the battlefield. So that's a that's one of the memories I have of Porygon, but I especially like that it's just like a it is like literally software. It's a base of a computer program, and from Porygon, it's it's like it's outdated software, especially as time goes on. It gets upgraded through the upgrade item uh, to be- become Porygon Z uh, two, sorry. But when it becomes Porygon Z, uh, it's not so much of an upgrade. It's it's uh, it's more of a virus that it's affected to affected it. And that's why if you see the animation in the games or Pokemon Go when it follows you as your buddy, it's always glitching out. It's just like acting erotic and not erotic. <laughs> so Borygon Z is not erotic. Uh, erratic. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, but in, in a Pokemon Sword, it's Pokedex. Is Porygon Z had a program installed to allow it to move between dimensions. Uh, the program also calls instability in Porygon's behavior. And in Pokemon Shield, uh, some say an additional program made this Pokemon evolve. But ac- academics can't agree whether Porygon Z is an a- is an evolution, and this is an interesting point to bring up because with Porygon Two uh, compared to Porygon Z, they are both extremely viable Pokemon. Porygon Two has like good special attack and all that, but it's it's a it's a bulky Pokemon. You can send it out, and especially with the Eviolite, which doubles its defenses. Uh, it can be a really great sort of uh, stall Pokemon. You can send it out. It can set up Trick Room. It can stall your opponent. But with Porygon Z, its defense goes right down and its, its special attack goes right up. So it becomes more of a glass cannon. So these two Pokemon play very different roles in the metagame. And they're very different. So this is one of the Pokemon lines where I feel like they're different enough where you can actually warrant having both Pokemon. You don't really want to double up on normal types necessarily on your team. So you won't have both of them and... The rules probably won't allow you to do that anyway, but they're pretty much their own different Pokemon. 
The only other Pokemon I can sort of put in that sort of category is Pikachu with a light ball. But I can't really think of any other ones where you'd like have a choice. Like, should I evolve this Pokemon? I, I know there's like Dusclops where you can put like the Eevee light on and stuff like that uh, as well. It's kind of, it's a little bit similar, but um, just the difference between stats, like they are different. They have different utilities in a competitive battle. But yeah, I've got a lot of uh, positive memories of Porygon. And it's it's been in, it's been my buddy Pokemon and Pokemon Go for ages. So yeah, I'll literally see it every day. And uh, you know Porygon Z, it's not a very popular Pokemon. Whenever, whenever I bring it up, people are like, "Huh, really?" Like it's never, it's, uh, as far as I know, it's never been in the anime. It's never like a uh, prominent trainer in just the region. Never really had one. So I don't know. It's up to me to sort of highlight Porygon Z's awesomeness. And uh, if we ever just get like a different evolution, which is like a true Porygon 3 one day, which is like an upgrade um, to like, I guess, modern technology, that would be sick. I would love to see that personally. So fingers crossed. I don't know. Maybe even like a, a different regional form where you know, it could be, there could be a region base that has better technology and something like that. I don't know. I'd love to see Porygon just improvised on anyway. Make it happen, Game Freak. Okay, so number one, and I didn't know where to put this, and I kind of uh, maybe hinted at it with Latios in the past. That Latios was one of my favorite Pokemon, but I couldn't include Latios and Latias in this list. But I I decided on Latias as my number one favorite Pokemon for the whole series. And there's there's a few reasons for that. Much like Kyogre, like Kyogre was my first legendary encounter, and uh, Latias was very much the same, finishing the game and having it as my first roaming Pokemon. And uh, a lot of my friends, we finished the game at a similar time and we heard about the Eon Pokemon, how it's ro- roaming in the game, how we got to try and find it. And it was uh, it, it was tough. When you're a kid and like you're trying to like figure out the pattern of like its movement throughout the route, like you check your Pokedex, you see what route it's on, you move route and it would sort of move uh, from bit to bit. And I'll catch up with my friends and we're all on hunts. So I'm going for Lati- Latias and they're looking for Latios on their copy of Pokemon Ruby. And I've just got such good memories of like, I, I know that it's there. And I remember the first time I, I, I was reading about it. I was like, you know, it just any route. I'm like, all right, I'll just wait till it naturally appears and I'll try and catch it from there. I'll get it in my Pokedex when the hunt's on. And I was in a, I can't remember the the exact route, the number route, but it was in one of the, it was in the route with like the tall, the, the tall grass in the Hoenn region. And walking into the thing, I just saw the silhouette come across my screen. It was a lot bigger than say an Absol or Tropius or anything else in that sort of uh, route. And it just came across my screen. And there it was. There was Ladias for the very first time. Finally found it. And I was so excited. My heart was beating. I was like, oh my God, here it is. Here it is, finally. And I threw a ball, it burst out straight away. And I'm like, all right, it's time to hunt this thing down. And uh, doing that a couple of times, uh, you're just like so scared of uh, doing an attack on it. Because if you kill it, it's gone for good. And unlike the other Pokemon, it's you know, a bit harder to soft reset, you know, unless you're saving all the time, which isn't that hard, mind you. Uh, you might potentially lose it, which be, would be hot just devastating because I really wanted this Pokemon. So I guess that's like talking about, um, it was Golbat at the time, actually, um, not Crobat. 
Yeah, it would have turned into a crowbat, but crowbat with mean look. That was my strategy to lock it in so it can't escape. Been hitting it with small attacks and gradually, finally, finally getting it was uh, one of my uh, happiest memories in Pokemon. Well, not the happiest memories, but it stands out a lot. Uh, I, one of the Pokemon I really wanted. And just from a design aspect, it's just so cute. I love it so much. Uh, and I think in the Pokemon movie, Pokemon Heroes, which I mentioned earlier about Latios, but just uh, how sweet it is. Like, I don't know. A lot of my, uh, a lot of these Pokemon on the list, you know, I described them as cool. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I wouldn't describe Latias as cool, but it's just such a sweet, like gentle, nice Pokemon. And using it in battle, it's just, a, it, was, it was a real powerhouse. It wasn't as uh, strong as Latios in the, uh, I guess, attack and special attack department. But where it made up on that with its defense, so it was a bit more defensive. So, got uh, that is my memory of looking for Latias, and uh, sort of later on when I discovered shiny Pokemon and stuff, I was looking at it shiny, and its shiny Pokemon is like a bright golden color, and I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I think in the the original Ruby and Sapphire, I would absolutely love, I'd love a shiny Latias. Um, in the more recent games being the 3D models, it's not quite as nice as shiny. It's not as a, like a vibrant gold, but it's still a really nice shiny. So honestly, uh, Latias is like my dream shiny Pokemon. I I, I wanted a lot. <laughs> I still haven't got one. Um, and there was there was a moment in a Pokemon Go when I, like, I sort of just got back into it. There wasn't a whole lot of people playing in my town. But uh, for a weekend or so, there was Latios and Latias raids. And I really wanted one so bad. I wanted to hunt the shiny. I just wanted one in general. I still don't have one because it hasn't come back since. But I just I couldn't find any friends. <laughs> couldn't find any friends to do Latias with, which uh, was, was dev- devastating. So um, I think I'll have to wait until next time I'll get a shiny Latias. I want one in Pokemon Sword and Shield. I still haven't found it in the, uh, I guess, the, the Dynamax dens. So, yeah. But, yeah, just... Really a deep nostalgia for finding it. I love the design. I love sort of the the characteristics of it and all of that. But let's uh, let's jump into some of the Pokedex entries. So this is the Eon Pokemon, uh, as I discussed. And from Pokemon Ruby, Latias is highly sensitive to the emotions of people. If it senses any hostility, this Pokemon ruffles its feathers all over the all, all over its body and cries uh, truly in uh, to intimidate the foe. So the idea, like, it's funny because, like, even in the 3D models or the sprites, it doesn't look like it's got feathers. So that's kind of weird. That is weird. <laughs> in Pokemon Sapphire, uh, Latias is is uh, highly intelligent and, cap- and yeah, incapable of understanding human speech. It is covered with a gl- uh, glass-like down. This Pokemon enfolds its body with its down and uh, refracts light to alter its appearance. Pokemon Emerald, they make a small herd of only several members. They rarely make contact with other people or Pokemon. Uh, they disappear if they sense enemies. So that's interesting. So in the uh, actual canon games themselves, there are actually more than one. There you go. Because you like you only sort of think about it as like a Latias with a Latios. Just like a brother and sister uh, sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like... like the, 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 uh, their signature item as well, which can be held by either of them being the soldier. I think the whole idea is that like, that was their parents 
and like the soul of that Pokemon is into like an orb form, which they both hold. Um, so there's like a lot of uh, cool stuff with this legendary Pokemon. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. I think it's just really cool. So I don't know if anyone else is, else agrees with my list here. I think it's a bit of a hodgepodge of random Pokemon, but they all mean a lot to me. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy you uh, sat through all of this, listened to some of my favorite Pokemon. Hour and a half. Holy God. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm really sorry. But uh, if you guys have any favorite Pokemon, I'd love to hear them. If you're watching the YouTube video, put them in the YouTube comments down below. And if you're listening on podcast services, feel free to uh, at me, at iDruby on Twitter or at the house Mario. I'd love to know your favorite Pokemon. I think uh, just uh, favorite Pokemon lists are so subjective and why people have attachment to certain monsters is uh, comes down to just different life reasons. Yeah. Someone might really like Licky Licky. And I'll be like, don't agree with you there, but man, fantastic stuff. So if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a follow on Twitter. This is where you can keep up with all of the House of Mario's sort of uh, happenings, whether it's asking questions for the show, whether it's uh, you know just keeping up to date with uh, what shiny Pokemon I find on Pokemon Go. And that, and of course, we have a Discord community. You can go and join our community full of Nintendo nuts. And uh, you can even join uh, this very podcast where we can talk about Pokemon together and be on the show because the doors are always open to the House of Mario. Except for now, because I'm just about to shut the doors. So until next time, guys, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. Catch you later.